Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the Prophet Ezekiel chapter 46. That is the Navi Yechezkel Perak Mem Vav. And those of you that have been keeping up with uh, me and studying together until now, remember that God had led the Prophet through a virtual tour of the Third Temple. And we took this tour with Ezekiel as he went from chamber to chamber and room to room and section to section. We heard a graphic description of all the buildings and doors and windows, etc. And then at the end, there was the uh, final time when they, they opened the outer door and God's presence filled the entire temple. And then he told Ezekiel his vision of what the world will be like and what the service in the temple will be like in the future times. So in the last chapter, we learned a lot about how the land was going to be divided up in such a way that, every, that, that the leadership will not have to and will not have to um, oppress the poor and take things from the poor. And we learned the responsibilities of uh, who had to pay for what in terms of the temple service and so on. We're going to get into a lot more detail today in chapter 46 and get a really good idea of the type of leadership Ezekiel the prophet envisions for the future and what is an appropriate form of leadership. So let us begin with verse 1 and let the prophet speak. Ko amar Adonai Elohim, so said the Lord God. Sha'ar hechotzer hapnimit haponekodim, the gate of the courtyard, which is inside that faces eastward, yesagur, that is the gate within which, or through which, the people would enter in and out of the temple. It's going to be an important gate, so keep bear this in mind. But I want that gate to be closed. Now remember, in these last few chapters, we've many times had the idea expressed that in the future times, the temple is restricted only to those people who open their hearts to God. Only those people who are willing to um, keep the laws and keep, and, and, and keep the rules that God has set forth. And God does not want people coming to serve in the ways that they had done before. Ways that were dishonest. Ways that were untrustworthy. So now what we're studying is it, one of those things is restricting the temple not just to the people but also restricting it to certain special times. And that's what God is saying here. Yes, Agora should be closed. Throughout the week, the six days of the week, if you want to pray, you have other places to go. But on the day of Shabbat, on the Sabbath, that's when the doors will open. And also on the, when they celebrate the first day of the month, it will be open then as well for the people to come. And the leader, and remember, this is really important because Ezekiel refers to the leader who is here representing the Messiah himself, is not a king. Ezekiel is emphatic in saying that he's not a king, but he is a nasi, someone who is elected by the people, someone who is uplifted by the people and made the leader. And he repeatedly uses the word nasi to remind us of this fact. And we're going to see several facts in this chapter that really emphasize this point. Derech Ulam Hashar, and he will come through the vestibule, also outside that gate, Mirchutz, from the outside. Vyalmat Al Mezuzat Hashar, he'll stand by the doorpost. 
And then the priests will do their service. They will bring his sacrifices, which he emphasized in the last chapter, the king has to pay out of his own pocket. I'm sorry, I used the word king and I shouldn't, the leader. And then he will go ahead and bow down at the gate and step out. And the entire day of the Sabbath or the first day of the month, the gate remains open. And then after the leader finishes, then the people of the land will bow down through that same gate on the Sabbath and during those days of the month with before God. And the burnt sacrifice that the leader will sacrifice to God on Shabbat. What is that? What is that service? That consists of six uh, sheep and one ram. And he also brings a meal offering together with the ram. And for each uh, one of the sheep also something that he himself has to pay for, matat uh, yado, that he will give uh, a meal offering, v'shem and hin, and oil, a certain measurement called a hin, la'efa, for each amount of flour. Remember, this is Ezekiel imagining what the service is going to look like. Ezekiel himself had been, prior to his exile to Babylon, had been a priest that had been involved in this service. Uvayom hachodesh, I'm not going to, go too much into the details of the translations of every single one of these sacrifices, but you'll get the idea. Par ben bakar tamim, a bull, that tetimimim, that is perfect. Visheshet kvasim, again sheep, vial tetimimim yu, and also again a ram. The par again the the uh, uh, meal sacrifice for for each uh, for each um, bull. The eifala aliyas mincha, and another measurement for the ram. Vilakvasim, and for the sheep. Kasher tasigazo, as he himself, the leader, can afford. I'm emphasizing that for a reason, and you'll see why in a moment. Now I'm up to verse 8, and you pay attention here, because um, it's going to change a little bit pace here. When the leader comes through that vestibule, he comes out, he goes in through this particular gate, and he also must exit through this particular gate. And, verse 9, when the people come to pray before God, on the holidays and on the Sabbaths that we said, also they come through the northern gate to bow, they go out through the southern gate, one who comes through the southern goes out through the northern. This is a practical thing, because there's a lot of people, who, you, you go in one and you go out the other so people don't knock into each other. However, the, the leader himself has to come with the people the same way they come, and the same way they leave. This is actually kind of revolutionary for those days because typically <laughs> the king always had his own entrance, didn't go in. But here Ezekiel is emphasizing that the king, or, or not the king, the leader, the Nasi has to go in and out the same way together with the people, has the same door, the same entrance, emphasizing the humility that the, the leader must have. And on the special holidays, again, that's, that says what the flower offerings are. And bring for the sheep as well as the rams and the bull, and also oil. 
and this is verse 12, when the leader decides to give a nidava, a free will offering, something that he wants to give on his own, either a burnt or a peace offering, then they will open for him, he will be able to have them open for him the door that faces eastward, which is the same door we talked about before, and he can bring it in the same way as so he he can if he decides to bring it during the week just like on Shabbat and then he can close the gate when he leaves and then this is the general daily offering that was always brought should be brought every morning and the meal offering that goes along with it every day and the oil, a certain measurement, to mix with the flour. These are rules that are forever. They should always do these sacrifices and the meal offerings at the Shemin and the oil every morning. So says the Lord God. This is verse 16. Now we're going to focus now away of, from the lists of the sacrifices and we're going to focus now on some other ideas of what the future leadership is supposed to look like. Again, I'm at verse 16. When, a, when the leader gives a present, a matana during his lifetime, in other words, let's say the leader decides to give something to one of his children, in those cases, that becomes the, the property of the son, of, or, or one of his children, whoever he gives it to, he will hold that in inheritance. However, in verse 17, but if he gives of his property as a gift to any one of his subjects, then, then he would keep it until the Jubilee year, the 50th year. And this is important because, then it goes back to the prince. Remember that Ezekiel in last chapter allotted a certain amount of land for the leader and that was what he had and that was it. And therefore, it's important to, that, the, that the leader maintains his specific amount of land and gets it back if he gives it to other people. However, if he gives it to his children, then it stays in the family of the, of the leader. And verse 18, and this is the crucial point, the, the leader shall never take, ever take away land from any of the people in the land. He shall never oppress them by taking their property away from them. If the king wants to pass on something to his children, the princes or whatever, he has to give of his own property. Because I do not want my people ever dispossessed from their own property. So Ezekiel has a vision of the future where the king can never appropriate property from himself, for himself, or for his family. And this was obviously a major problem that Ezekiel bothered him about what, how the kings treated the people beforehand. This is what God is saying, so that my people shall never be dispossessed of their land. This is verse 19. Then God continues to, on, on his journey through the temple, and he brought me through a passageway, Asher al Kesef Ashar, which was on the side of the gateway, 
El Halishkos HaKodesh, into the holiest, holy rooms, El HaKonim, where the priests were HaPonos Tefona that faced northward, V'hine Shom Makom, Vayakosayim Yama. And there I saw a place that was, <coughs> that was uh, facing westward. Vayomer Eliyeh, and he said to me, it's not clear if this was the angel, because there was an angel, remember we said it was made of shiny copper, who was leading Ezekiel around, or if this is God himself speaking, this is the place, where the priests will perform their service with the uh, guilt offerings and the sin offerings, where they bake the, the um, meal offerings, because not to bring them outside and defile them to where the rest of the nations are standing. Then he continues this journey, and he brought me out to the outer courtyard, and he brought me to the four corners of the courtyard, and there was a courtyard in the corner of the courtyard, and another one. It's, it's hard to imagine this any other way than to imagine this as a mystical vision, where he's going from courtyard to courtyard, seeing holier things as God is showing him around the, the, the surroundings of the temple at this time. The Arbat Miktos HaChatzer on the four corners, Chatzerot Keturos, there were um, uh, the courtyards that had no roofs, Arbaim Orechus Rochav, that they were measured 40 by 30 cubits, Mida Achas all four corners had the same measurement in those yards. The Tor Saviv Bohem, and there was a, um, a, uh, a row of, 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 of bricks that uh, surrounded around them, and they were made of, with uh, hearths, places to make bricks, underneath all the other rows. And he said to me, This is the place where the people cook the meat, where they cook the sacrifices of the people in order to eat them. So this concludes chapter 46. The main point that I want to point out from this chapter, a lot of it is the, again, the measurements and sacrifices, which can get difficult to to, uh, kind of plow through. But we have to, again, try to imagine ourselves wandering through the temple and imagine ourselves in Ezekiel's own mind, where he had seen this temple before, he had worked in the temple before, before it was destroyed. And here it is, God showing him around. And the one thing, the one message that God taught him was that in this temple, it will not be based on oppression. The leadership will not be the kind of leadership that oppresses the people. The leadership will, will, will never be allowed to appropriate property for themselves and to act in such a way. Uh, and that's the main lesson to take from chapter 46. There's two more chapters to go in Ezekiel, and we're going to learn a lot more interesting lessons in the last two chapters. Thank you so much for studying together. Looking forward to studying chapter 47 together and the rest of the book as well.